Hello and welcome to the Here We Grow Show, a show specifically designed to bring together community leaders making a difference and share financial strategies so you can plan for and live the retirement lifestyle you've always dreamed. Your host is Amazon best-selling author, president, and founder of Fogith Financial Group, Michael Fogith. Hi, I'm Michael Fogoth. I believe in educating you about information that matters to you and your retirement. Join me this week and every week as we welcome today's leaders in our community, as well as experts in the field of finance and retirement to discuss topics that matter to you today. These discussions can help you make better financial decisions so you can plan for and live the retirement of your dreams. All right, folks, well, welcome back to the Here We Grow Show. I am your host, Michael Fogoth of the Fogoth Financial Group, and Fogoth Financial Group is a proud sponsor of the Here We Grow Show. So rather, if you're out there um, grabbing your first cup of coffee or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platforms, um, please make sure you tune in each and every week or go back to your favorite podcast platforms and download some of the previous episodes. So one last note before we get started, if you have any questions about today's podcast or if you'd like to have us cover a topic in the future, please give us a call or email us and let us know what you'd like to know more about. So with all of that housekeeping out of the way, I'm excited for today's guest, uh, returning guest, if you will, um, that we've had on the show in the past, but this is, a, this is a big thing that's going on, not only in our community, but across the country. And a little bit of an intro to today's guest, um, we're going to be talking about Alzheimer's, and in today's times, if, if you will, the statistic out there, there are over 6 million uh, U.S. cases per year of diagnosis with someone with Alzheimer's. And our special guests today are coming right here out of Livingston County, and they're going to be able to, to help us more get to understand the Alzheimer's disease and some of the events that are taking place, ways that you know, we are talking off air of how you can support each other, how you can get involved. And if you need help or somebody's listening out there, how can they find help for themselves or for a loved one? So with that being said, um, we have Nicole and Michelle in our in our studio, if you will. And ladies, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you so much, much for having us. Well, I am excited because, again, I know we've talked about some of the events that you've done in the past, but before we get into the, the, the stuff that's coming up here in the future, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and Michelle, if you want to go first and just introduce us to you and, and tell us really what what involvement you have with the Livingston County Alzheimer's Association. Yeah, so I'm the Alzheimer's Association Program Coordinator, so I make sure people are aware of dementia and coordinate care and support services. I um, came to this role because like so many other people in this field, I have personal experience with Alzheimer's. I've lost all four grandparents to Alzheimer's starting from when I was a year old to just a few years ago. So obviously that's really shaped my whole life. So our whole family um, knew about the association but didn't really know about the resources available, just more so that they did research. So my goal was to try to get out in the community, talk to people about these resources so people know that they're not alone in this journey. Absolutely, that, that's, that's, that's an impressive story, if you will, from, from one all the way to a few years ago. And so it has, it's been your whole, your whole life and you've seen firsthand and, and I see it a lot. I have, you know, from clients to, you know, to, and again, I think, you know, we'll talk about this later. I don't know anybody out there that probably doesn't have a direct impact of some fashion or another of somebody with dementia or with Alzheimer's, right? And so um, I, I appreciate that intro. And, and Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your involvement with the um, Livingston County Alzheimer's Association. 
Yeah, so um, I actually, I got my start in long-term care, which is kind of where I was first exposed to Alzheimer's. Um, I worked in memory care for a long time, and so uh, I worked out of state for a while, and I got really close with a resident that was convinced that I was her granddaughter, and she was kind of like the first one that really opened me up to it. And then in 2016, my grandfather was diagnosed as well, so it's definitely become very uh, very much a, per- a personal and a professional thing for me at this point. Um, I work specifically on the Brighton Walk to End Alzheimer's, whereas Michelle does the programs and education side of things. Um, so I just I work in the community. I'm all around Livingston County just trying to get the word out there. I work a lot on the awareness and whatnot side, like Michelle mentioned, but getting the event together, getting sponsors, getting teams excited and that kind of thing. You do a great job. And I know that there's signs all over town right now and there's always a, a huge event taking place here. So kudos to you on that. Uh, let's take a step back and can, can maybe share with the audience because Again, I, I don't want to ever take something for granted if we've had somebody impacted. There, there's probably different perceptions, different levels of, hey, what is this and what is that? Can you maybe share with our listeners right now what exactly Alzheimer's is and, and what causes it? Yeah, so Alzheimer's disease is a brain disease, a neurological disease, and um, it is unfortunately a progressive disease. And so what causes it, there's a lot of research being done, but right now it looks like the two um, biggest things are plaques and tangles, which are types of proteins that build up in the brain. And these proteins uh, prevent neurons from communicating with each other and ultimately kill the neurons. So if you look at someone's brain who has Alzheimer's disease, it's physically smaller. And so that's how you see it's progressive and ultimately organ failure is um, the cause for death at the end because the brain isn't able to function. Wow, I did not know that. So is that is that really where, it, to kind of step, take a step back and where, you know, you hear sometimes of like they have, um, I don't want to say early signs, but people have, you know, been diagnosed with, they're more likely to get it. Is that because of just some things that you said maybe with, with smaller protein buildups? Is that the... I guess the early stages or the early catches of that, is that where it comes from? Yeah, so actually there's some research coming out that um, proteins can build up in the brain um, for years before symptoms even show. So sometimes people have brain scans um, in their 40s and they see these protein buildups, but they don't start to show signs until their 60s. Um, in terms of why certain people have more of these protein buildups, we're not really sure. There are certainly some risk factors and reasons why people develop Alzheimer's. So age is the biggest risk factor. That doesn't mean it's a normal part of aging, but you are more likely to develop it as you get older, especially those who are 65 plus. And then there's um, a role that genetics have to play in family history, as well as lifestyle factors. And that's what I was going to ask. I mean, what are the, the, the early signs? So if someone's out there listening right now, and and again, it's when you think of Alzheimer's, you think of of, of the memory, right? And you talked about being in long term care, and and yeah, and again, they, somebody thought they were somebody else, or maybe you're talking to a loved one, and their short term memory and long term memory. What what are some of the early signs of the of the disease? Yeah, so the the one you mentioned, memory loss, that's a big one where it, that kind of triggers people. You know, people are forgetting names, birthdays, things they they should know, have known for years. Um, but some other signs include um, problems with driving, maybe some problems with vision, but there's not necessarily an eye condition because Alzheimer's affects um, how your brain perceives the things that your eyes see. A lot of the times communication's a big one, so communication changes throughout the disease. Okay. So families might notice that somebody's struggling with what we would think are normal vocabulary words. So all of those things are some of the big triggers that cause people to say 
something's going on here. Let's try to get someone to the doctor and see if it's a form of dementia or is it something else? So when they, when they go to diagnose, is it is it necessarily have to be a brain scan to diagnose or is it more of like maybe a, a, a test, a, a verbal test or physical test? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things and we have come a really a long way. So first of all, uh, most people probably will talk to their primary care doctor and they'll do some sort of verbal test or written test. One of the most iconic ones is to draw a clock. A lot of the times um, people might not even know where to put the numbers on the clock who have dementia. Um, there's also some memory tests, um, some vocab word tests, things like that. And then um, typically if somebody fails that test, they will do additional testing. So they'll review medical history, um, maybe rule out some other conditions, and then you can often do brain scans. Um, sometimes they're not always covered by insurance, so not everybody has access to that. Um, but there's a lot of research about a blood test that hopefully will come out in upcoming years, so that will make it a lot easier for people to get a diagnosis. That's, that's very interesting. And, you know, and, and as you were talking about that, my, so my wife's grandfather had it, and I remember towards you know, the, the later part of, of his life, when we go to a restaurant, right, I was the only guy at the table because it would be my wife and I and, and, and him and his wife, I would have to follow him to the bathroom. Because it, he had a hard time remembering coming back to the table, yeah. right? He'd come out of the bed, where's my table? And, oh, I just got to go. And so it, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me how powerful our minds are, right? When it comes to that, right? Of, hey, you're, you're someone's grandchild and you've never, never met him before, right? To be able to, our mind to be that powerful. So kind of, kind of as, as we look at these things, what are, what are people, and maybe that there's a loved one, a, a neighbor, I see this a lot of times, if clients say like, oh, I'm taking care of my neighbor, this, that, and the other. What can people do or where can they call to get help? If, if it's maybe, maybe it's somebody already diagnosed a loved one, maybe it's a, whoever it may be, or they may think that someone may need some testing or something like that, where would you recommend that they go about and do? Um, I would say call the Alzheimer's Association. So whether you are a resident of Livingston County, you live elsewhere in Michigan, or throughout the whole country, we have chapters throughout and we have a 24-7 helpline. It's 800-272-3900. And we always have social workers available to answer any sort of questions you have. If you need a list of neurologists in your area to have that initial appointment, we'll send that to you. And then also our, our website, alz.org, has a lot of information, including the different um, steps to go through in order to get a diagnosis. Okay. And that was a big one, right? I mean, it's a very easy website, right? ALZ.org. So that's that's awesome that that's available. And, and Nicole, we were talking about this and because I know that you've done a phenomenal job in the past inside of our community. But tell us about the, the event that you have where, where it's the walk to end Alzheimer's this year. And, and are we back in person to seeing people, you know, walking down and shut down Main Street again? Yes, we are so excited that we're finally back in person this year. Um, it's 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 looking like it's going to be really big already. You know, we've got a lot of, we have more teams registered than we did in 2019 already for this year. Awesome. I mean, I think that people are just, they're talking about it. It's buzzing. It seems like everybody's ready to get back out and have some fun again. And walk day is, um, it's really special. I always tell people that my favorite part about walk day is seeing people show up that maybe have never been to something like that before, right? Maybe they've been battling this or they've been caring for a loved one and they felt like they're so alone and then they show up at Main Street on walk day mm -hmm. and there's hundreds and hundreds of people wearing purple and they realize, wow, all these people are going through the same thing as me. So that's something that's really special. Um, and this year, like you mentioned, we are back on Main Street and it's Saturday, October 2nd. Okay, so that's, it's coming up here on October 2nd. 
um, right downtown here, Brighton on Main Street. And I know we shut it down, and, and you guys do a phenomenal job with that. And I think it is really cool to, you know, peer-to-peer, right? Yes. And, and, and it's funny. So I was having a conversation with a client the other day, and she recently had lost her husband. And they, she was talking about, you know, having a funeral for him. And, and he's like, I don't want a funeral. And, she, and his name was John. She said, John, the funeral's not for you. You're already gone. The funeral's for us. Yeah. So when you hold these events, I think it's yeah. it's just as much, if not more, for the caregivers and for the family and for the support to be able to say, walk along and say, I've never been to this before. And now all of a sudden you have a lifelong friend yeah. because you're sharing something that you're both battling together. Is there maybe a story, and again, never want to use any names, but that you can think of where there's a connection made that, that really made a difference in someone's life from, from this event? Because I know it's a huge event. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of, like, I don't remember which one of you mentioned it now before, but just the amount of times that we hear like, wow, I wish I would have known about those resources. Um, so just the number of times that that happens in all over the community when we're talking, but especially on walk day when people show up and they realize how much is really out there. Um, there's people that you meet walk day that you might see year after year and you just get to know them, they become your friends. Some of those people have become volunteer committee members and they get really close. So it's just really cool to see those relationships form. And, that, and that's a big deal because again, having the biggest crowd ever coming out this year, there's probably gonna be more people. And for those of you out there listening right now, we encourage you to go out there, right? And and wear your purple, right? And, yeah. and, and bring a team with you. If you show up and, and maybe it's a loved one, pick up your neighbor, right? Pick up a friend and you don't have to be necessarily, maybe you lost a loved one and, and be able to connect and give the support and say, hey, we've been there, we've done that. Yeah. Um, who else would, would, would you invite, if you will, other than everybody? Who would be a good person to, to, to come and to show up to the event? I mean, I would say anybody, obviously, that has a family connection or something like that, but something that we've really been delving into the last few years as well is businesses and a way to help people going through this. So one thing I've had a lot of conversations about this year specifically with that, um, one of our co-chairs, Don and Sandy Cortez, own First Impression Print and Marketing in Howell. Mm -hmm. They're very much focused because it's affected their family as well with the education side of things and being business owners. How does that affect our businesses, right? Like we've had a really tough year already a tough year and a half really Um, and our local businesses are already hurting and so if you take into account the number of caregivers that are trying to work full-time and also be caregivers and how that affects them like what can we do to help in that way so um, just encouraging local businesses to get involved maybe form a team show their staff people that they're supportive of it as well and getting resources from us to be able to get their employees too and that's a big that is a big deal right identifying and, and being a resource, right? I know there's so many times, um, you know, being on, on a few boards and committees in the area of just being able to, to have the knowledge of, I say it sometimes, right? Like, I yeah. didn't know that was available. Mm-hmm. But having an opportunity to talk to more and more people and to have the clients to come in to be able to, hey, something's in the door and you overhear something, you're like, hey, I, I can now be a resource because I've learned yeah. about this resource. So I think that, that that's a phenomenal point. And, and I do hear that there's something special happening this year. Is, there, is that something you can share with us that's taking place on October 2nd? Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely celebrating this year. Um, so the Brighton Walk started in 2011. And over the course of the last 10 years, this walk has raised nearly $1 million wow. cumulatively. So that's that's a really amazing accomplishment. I think that as a community, we can really get behind. And so we're kind of dubbing this year our million-dollar year as we're crossing into that threshold. And we're just using it as a year to celebrate. That That's huge. I mean, a million dollars, is that, that's a lot. Of money in a, in a fairly short period of time right to start from not like we picked back up i mean you started fresh in 2011 so yeah. to be able to do that in 10 years kudos to you and, and to the team and 
And really, to everybody out there on October 2nd, what time does it start? Can people start? Can they just randomly show up? Let me ask that, right? Technically, yes. Anybody can just <laughs> randomly show up. Um, everybody does need to register and sign the waiver. So whether it ends up being in person that morning or you do it ahead of time, it'll go a lot quicker and a lot smoother if you registered ahead of time. So we would love it if everybody did. Um, but registration starts at 9 a.m. Everybody will check in there regardless. And then uh, at 10.30 is the actual opening ceremony. So between then, we'll have uh, very entertainment scheduled we've got um, some dancers from legacy are coming there's a martial arts studio that's coming Brighton yoga is going to do a little spot for us so we'll have lots of things to do for that hour and a half until the ceremony starts ceremony is usually about 10 minutes this year we've got Chuck Gatica coming to do the actual ceremony with us awesome. and then the walk itself will take off and that's about a mile that's really cool so folks again do us all a favor so we can get the line short as possible right register ahead of time <laughs> But we're not going to turn you away at the door. If you want to show up at, at 9 o'clock and fill out the form, we'd love to see you there. And again, it's, it's open to the community. Um, when, when we see this, and we're talking about a million dollars, that's a yeah. lot of money, right? We're going to cross over that threshold and have this million-dollar walk. Where does all of this money go from the fundraising efforts? Because you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Where does that end up going to? So it goes to kind of a myriad of ways to help people, but just to kind of point a few out, you know, we do have advocacy efforts. Obviously it goes towards research and then it helps a lot in local communities as well. So that's anything from education programs, like something that Michelle would go out and teach, support groups, um, care consultations is something that we do. I don't think gets talked about enough. That's like having an actual one-on-one -on -one service to talk through your unique situation and get advice. Um, and then the helpline that she mentioned as well. And that's something that definitely, all of those services are free to the community and we wouldn't be able to fund those without the walk. Well, that's awesome. And so let's talk about some of those programs that are, that are out there. So for those people that are out there that are listening, this is, a, this is an opportunity. And again, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there right now that can't say that they, that they, they don't know someone, mm -hmm. right? If it's a direct, it's grandma, grandpa, it's aunt, it's uncle, it's a neighbor, it's friend, it's it's my mom's friend from this or that or, or there's somebody that you know that's going to that's going to be able to let's say positively be impacted by what we're about to talk about i think it's a fair way to do this tell us about the programs and the services that are available right here in our own community yeah so again first of all that helpline is 800-272-3900 um, the alzheimer's association has a caregiver support group that meets at cambrian and south lyon on the second thursday of each month at 6 p.m any caregiver of somebody living with dementia is welcome to come to that we also have education programs, many of which are still virtual, so um, a lot of different topics from the 10 warning signs to how to manage challenging dementia-related behaviors. And then we also have some social engagement activities. Again, most of these are still virtual right now, but they are particularly for people living with dementia and their caregiver, family member, and their dementia-friendly activities that we do in partnership with the Detroit Zoo, the Henry Ford, the Detroit Institute of Arts. So these are good ways to engage people living with dementia. We find that a lot of caregivers struggle with how to engage someone and how to figure out what activities to do with those changing abilities. So all these programs are available, and again, at our website, alz.org. Um, slash GMC for Greater Michigan Chapter, you'll find listings of all of those upcoming programs. That's awesome. You know, and as you're explaining that, I, I always I always think of if you're going to do something the first time, you don't never know, you don't know if you're going to get it right or wrong, right? It's like, if I do this, am I doing it right? If I Am I interacting the right way, right? Am I not in it? And now all of a sudden you can go to a meeting in South Lyon twice a month and say, hey, 
you, you've already been there, done that, right? Or you attend virtually, they have 10 things to do. And so I encourage you out there right now, folks, this is a great way to be able to interact and to be able to, to have more confidence when you're meeting with, with somebody or, hey, I really want to go over and help my neighbor out, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to use the word afraid, but I'm unsure of what to do. Mm-hmm. You guys have awesome resources to be able to do that. So again, they can call the phone number, they can go to the website, they can attend in person at, at October 2nd for the, for the big walk. And then there's a lot of other events that I know that you guys are, and gals are doing in person, but there's also virtual. So it's, I mean, it really is an opportunity for our community for having no no other way, but you have to be involved. The, the resources are here. Like this is screaming from the mountaintops, take advantage of, of what's out there. Because I, I know you, you talked about this earlier, but there's no cost, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because of the over million dollars that you've raised, you're able to give to our community at no cost. So. How do people find you on social media? Or again, you mentioned the website. How do they go about it if they're listening right now and they're like, I want to get plugged in like right now and start to follow this journey? Yeah, so on social media, um, most platforms are handle is Alls Michigan, so A L Z Michigan. That's on Instagram, Facebook, um, our Brighton group specifically. If you just type Brighton Walk to End Alzheimer's on Facebook, you can join. And um, if you want to get even more involved with us in terms of volunteer opportunities, we're always looking for community educators, support group facilitators. So you can um, either just call our helpline to express interest, but we'll also have a table at the Walk to End Alzheimer's where you can express interest in volunteering and we'll make sure to connect you. That's awesome. Well, ladies, I appreciate it. I know you're, you're a tremendous resource to our community. So kudos to both of you for that. Keep up the great work. And I guess I'll put you on the spot. When do you think you'll cross the $2 million mark? You didn't get there quicker than 10 years? I think you can get there probably about half the time. I'm going to bet in five years you're crossing the the $2 million mark. I guess we'll see how fast we grow. But I will say it was amazing to see, just looking back like historically year to year since 2011, it started off with like, I think the first year they made like $24,000 or something like that. Um, And to see it double or triple a couple different years in a row was just crazy growth. So we'll just see where it takes us next. Well, I'm excited to see because again, you're, you're already shattering records from 2019 with the amount of people and we still have a couple more you know days slash weeks before the event so keep up the great work and again thank you for all that you're doing thank you for having us yes thank you perfect thanks for listening to this episode of the here we grow show to learn more about how we can help you and to get access to the resources mentioned on today's show visit herewegrowshow.com also don't forget to leave us a review on itunes your reviews are the ways we reach more and more people each and every week If you found today's episode helpful, you can bet there are others out there that would benefit from listening. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to easily access future and past episodes. Make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Here We Grow Show. Investment advisory services offered through Grossman Capital Management LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor, BCM and Focus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.